You are listening to CKMS News on 102.7 FM, Radio Waterloo. I am Dan Keller, and this show first aired February 29th, 2024. In response to Israel's allegations that 12 employees of the UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees, approximately 30,000 workers, were involved in the attacks on Israelis on October 7th, 2023, Canada immediately announced they would end funding to the agency. Canadian officials have since admitted to CBC News that Canada has not seen any of the evidence for the claim. Additionally, Global Affairs Canada did not respond to requests from CKMS News to explain the decision-making process for cutting the funds to the largest aid agency in Palestine, even as Médecins Sans Frontières says the, quote, humanitarian crisis has reached catastrophic levels for millions of Palestinians, unquote. This show features an interview with Laurel Russworm, an Elmira resident who authored a petition on ourcommons.ca calling for Canada to reinstate funding to UNRWA, and comments from Kitchener Centre Green Party MP Mike Morris, who supports immediately reinstating funding to the humanitarian agency. We will start with my question to MP Mike Morris, and before we do, a note of clarification. Morris says there are 13,000 UNRWA employees, which is the workforce in Gaza alone. In total, UNRWA employs about 30,000 people in Palestine, Syria, Jordan, and Lebanon. Canada defunded the UNRWA without seeing any of the evidence Israel is using. Yeah. Can you uh, give a comment on that? On, on that, absolutely. So in fact, I got a few minutes uh, at committee yesterday with Minister Jolie and having raised the concern about military equipment last week with the Prime Minister, uh, there's always that decision in the last minute of where to focus the time. And I, I chose to focus it on UNRWA specifically. And so I, I had even the chance to follow up and, and, and press um, so what, what we know is, you know, it's 2 million people in Gaza who are depending, and for those who aren't familiar, UNRWA stands for the UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees. This is the primary agency. They employ like 13,000 people providing food, water, medicine, hygiene kits. And there were 12 staff that there are allegations of a connection to Hamas. Those staff were fired. Now, again, it's 12 of 13,000. And now as you're adding, what I shared with the minister yesterday is that CBC is reporting that the government of Canada hasn't seen any evidence actually backing up Israel's claim of these 12 in individual being connected to Hamas. And so attempted yesterday to press the minister to say, okay, in light of all this, won't we restore our funding? This is absolutely critical funding. There's no other organization that can do this work. Uh, sadly, did not get a clear answer from her. She deferred back, of course, to the Minister of International Development. When I speak with Palestinian folks in our community, the dire need to get UNRWA funded again, we don't have to always have foreign policy that simply follows what the U.S. does. Uh, when it comes to the Iraq war 20 years ago, uh, we stood up on our own two feet. We can do so again here. We should. And, and, and getting UNRWA funded again is absolutely critical. While we also need to continue to press when it comes to getting Canadian family members who are in Gaza, we haven't had, haven't had a, a single person get out, according to the minister himself, as of this week. We need to continue to apply pressure on this government on a number of fronts when it comes to the siege on Gaza. Here is the exchange in committee on February 7th between MP Morris and the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Melanie Jolie. 
My question relates to checking another country's claim uh, before cutting funding to a UN organization, so I think it fits within the scope of the study. Minister, as you know, there are two million people in Gaza who depend on UNRWA. As you've said many times before, Gaza is the worst place in the world to live right now. Uh, they employ 13,000 people. Um, they quickly um, fired 12 individuals uh, as of January 26 under allegations of connections with Hamas. And as MP McPherson shared earlier, CBC is now reporting that the government of Canada hasn't seen evidence uh, backing up Israel's claim uh, that staff employed by UNRWA uh, colluded with Hamas in any way before being suspended, um, before we suspended our funding. And so my question is, in light of all of this, are there conversations in your department right now and or with the Minister of International Development with respect to restoring funding to UNRWA? Um, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Um, so I know there is a very important conversation happening about UNRWA. And I know that UNRWA is important to Palestinians. I really get it. And that's why we supported UNRWA. That's why we invested in UNRWA. Now, what happened on October 7th was catastrophic, we know. And the allegations that uh, are uh, that have been made are very serious. And that is why Canada is not the only country that have uh, paused its uh, funding to UNRWA. But at the same time, it is normal that uh, the UN, which I think is doing the right thing, is investigating. Because these are serious allegations. And I think, Mike, you can agree with that. Uh, no debate whatsoever about the seriousness yeah. of the allegations. The concern I'm yeah, raising okay, so and my I'll question continue. is with respect to have we received any other information beyond from Israel with respect to these 12 individuals, 12 of 13,000 employees so, in the organization yeah. who have already been fired? So, Mike, it's the Minister of International Development that has been in contact, but it's UNRWA itself that raised the issue with Canada. So it was themselves coming up, to con con connecting with us to talk about this issue. So um, that is why uh, we um, took um, note of what they were saying. And that is why we worked with other countries about this issue. Um, and now I'm confident. I have total trust in the head of the investigation. She used to be my colleague a person that I really respect a lot, which is the former Minister of Foreign Affairs of France, Catherine Colonna. I really hope that the investigation can be, as I mentioned, very thorough, but also rapid, because indeed, we need to continue to provide humanitarian aid to uh, Gaza and UNRWA is fundamental in offering that humanitarian aid. Just to clarify from your comment, did UNRWA request for Canada to cut funding? What I'm telling you is, and, and it's really much more in the international, I haven't had conversations with UNRWA. What I know is UNRWA uh, reached out to us as a government to raise these allegations. And so, and we were not the only one. They did that with all other countries that are funders of UNRWA. Uh, is there a conversation happening right now in the federal government with respect to responding to what we're understanding from CBC but on Mike, the on the extent to which we are validating the claim of these 12 individuals. But this is a conversation you need to, you, uh, sorry, this is a question you need to absolutely ask Ahmed Hussein, our colleague.
No one from Global Affairs Canada nor the Office of Minister of International Development, Ahmed Hussain, responded to requests from CKMS News for comment on the decision-making process. In response to the government's actions, residents across the country have been organizing protests and pressuring the government to place an arms embargo on Israel and to restore funding to UNRWA. Elmira resident Laurel Rusworm's petition on ourcommons.ca to have Canada restore funding to UNRWA has surpassed the threshold for the topic to be argued in Parliament by over tenfold by the end of February. The petition closes on March 13th. CKMS News spoke with Laurel Rusworm about the petition and the importance of UNRWA in mitigating the ongoing humanitarian crisis in Palestine. On February 12th, uh, you published a petition on ourcommons.ca with the support of Green Party MP for Kitchener Centre Mike Morris calling for Canada to reinstate funding to UNRWA. Uh, What motivated you to create this petition? Basically, I guess it's that people are starving in Gaza. They've been under all sorts of attacks for a long time. Gaza's been blockaded since 2007. So to begin with, going into this supposed war, they'd been under lock and key. Basically, everything that comes in and out of Gaza goes through Israel. Israel has to permit things to come in and out. And so they were already suffering food insecurity before this happened. Now, South Africa took Israel to the International Court of Justice under the Genocide Convention, accusing Israel basically of committing genocide. And people are have been dying from the bombing and everything else, but now they're also going to be dying from starvation and um, disease because the hospitals have all been bombed pretty much. There's very little medical stuff working there. Basically, it's just a terrible situation. It is going to be genocide if it isn't already. And just the stories of of people dying constantly. Um, There's at least 29,313 dead in Gaza And then there's another 69,333 injured, including 8,663 children, with another 7,000 people missing. And those were figures from February 21st. I'm sure there's a lot more by now. And there's nothing to help these people. After South Africa brought the suit against Israel, the International Court of Justice did hand down provisional orders asking them to change their ways, basically. The fourth provisional measure, which I cite in the petition, is the state of Israel shall take immediate and effective measures to enable the provision of urgently needed basic services and humanitarian assistance to address the adverse conditions of life faced by Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Hours after this order, provisional order came down, Israel accused 12 members of UNRWA, 12 of the people who work for UNRWA, of having participated in the events of October 7th, and they still haven't provided any actual proof of any of this. Um, Just to make sure there was no complicity, UNRWA fired all of those people and started an investigation. A quick clarification. UNRWA quickly fired 10 of the 12 accused staff members, also without having been presented the evidence from Israel. Now back to Laurel Russworm. 
hours after this happened, um, Canada was one of the many countries that decided to pull the funding from UNRWA. And UNRWA operates entirely on the voluntary contributions of United Nations member countries. And Canada's isn't the hugest donation by, by a long shot, but the organization couldn't exist without the funding that they're getting. I then asked Laurel for more information about the work UNRWA is responsible for and the effects that funding cuts will have for the humanitarian response. Here are her responses. They, they aren't just in Gaza. They have 13,000 employees and they have 58 refugee camps, not just in Palestine, but in Jordan, Syria and Lebanon. And they provide food and education and medical care and fuel and things like that to keep things running, to keep people alive in the refugee camps, the 5.9 million refugees that still remain from the creation of Israel. And I just heard an, an interview with a couple of people from Doctors Without Borders who had made a presentation to the, the UN Security Council, and they basically said that without UNRWA, any of the other humanitarian organizations can't provide help in, in Gaza. And even, even with UNRWA, Israel has been actively stopping aid from getting in. There, there have been more than one account in, on, reported on CNN of convoys being attacked, aid trucks shot up. And then there are the Israeli settlers who live in illegal settlements in the Palestinian territory have been blocking aid trucks from getting in to Gaza. So there's almost no food going in. And before this all started, there were 600 aid trucks per day entered Gaza to keep people alive because Gaza is a largely urban area. It's about half the size of Toronto with about one and a half of the population of Toronto. And they don't have the, the places to grow food very much. And what they have has been largely bombed and burned through this. The few places where people can go fishing, um, because of the blockade, Israeli naval boats are shooting at the people who go into the water to go fishing to get food for, for people in Gaza. It's like people are going to starve without, without a huge change, and I think it's just a small change to get Canada to go through with the, the aid that we had already promised them. One of the things that, that struck me is, is the, the funding issue. It's surprising how little money it actually takes to fund all the things that UNRWA does. Their operating budget was $1.17 billion for a year for all the things that they do. And so that's $1.17 billion to look after, to keep alive millions of people. And the other number that contrasts with it for me is the amount of money that Israel gets in subsidies from the United States. They get $3.8 billion a year from the United States. I heard the same thing from the MSF saying basically that UNRWA is the only organization with the capacity to deliver aid to such a, a large number of people. And for Canada to cut it off with what you said was no evidence is a surprising move to many. The thing is, even if there were 13 people or 12 people who worked for this organization of 13,000 people who were doing bad things. That's, that's not a condemnation of UNRWA itself. One of the things that, that struck me is that when the Court of Justice came down with their order, the chief judge was citing a bunch of statements made by UNRWA 
people reporting on the bad conditions, the, the humanitarian catastrophe that's been going on there. And pretty much the only reason the world knows about any of this is because UNRWA has, has people who are, who are there on the ground who see what's going on. And, and they, they, they can basically provide evidence against Israel for the, the bad things that the Israeli military is doing there. How has this petition been received, and, and what are the next steps? Right now, there's more than 5,000 signatures, which is pretty good. That You need to have 500 signatures to get it before Parliament. And you can make the petition for 120 days, and I chose 30 days because there isn't time to waste on this one. We need to get things changed now. What will happen is that when the petition closes, then... It will be presented in Parliament by Mike Morris. And then I believe the government has something like 30 days or 45 days before they have to respond. And they may or may not respond verbally. They'll probably put something in writing, which they seem to do a lot, especially about things that they don't want to do anything about. But basically, this is this is something that the more people who, who can sign petitions like mine, and there's another one very similar that, that uh, came online a day after mine, which hasn't got as many signatures as mine, but it's working on it. And the more of these things that, that can go before Parliament, the more it will show that Canadians don't want this to happen. I mean, we've got people protesting in the streets about this as well. And basically everything that we can do to draw attention to this and to tell the government we don't want this is pretty much all we can do to get the government to change what it's doing. One of my big political things is electoral reform. I've never cast a vote that's elected a member of parliament or a member of provincial parliament in my life. I don't feel represented by my government. If we, ha- if we actually had a representative government, our governments would presumably pay some attention when you have thousands of people you know, protesting in the streets about something or putting out petitions and everything. But this is what we have to do because our government doesn't listen to us. You have been listening to an interview with Laurel Russworm of Elmira, who was discussing the petition she authored for OurCommons.ca, demanding the Canadian government reinstate Canada's UNRWA funding, and, quote, advocating other countries do the same to prevent the collapse of UNRWA when Gaza's lifeline is needed most, unquote. The petition is E-4802 and is linked in the show notes. Before Laurel Russworm, we heard from Green Party MP for Kitchener Centre Mike Morris, who has pressed the Liberal government for answers on their decision to end funding to UNRWA, is supporting Laurel's petition, and has pushed for a full arms embargo against Israel. Mike has also demanded the Government of Canada do more to bring family members of Canadians who are in Gaza out of harm's way. No one in the federal Liberal government responded to requests from CKMS News for comment on Canada's action to cut funding to UNRWA. This is Dan Keller for CKMS News on 102.7 FM Radio Waterloo. Thank you for tuning in. This program is part of the Local Journalism Initiative and is funded by the Community Radio Fund of Canada, Heritage Canada, and the CKMS Newsroom. Check out the archived versions of this program on radiowaterloo.ca slash news. If you want to get in touch with comments or ideas about stories to cover, email us at news at radiowaterloo.ca.